Hey, church family, welcome to day 19 of our Romans reading plan. Once again, here with my boss, executive pastor, Greg Freeman. What a joy and pleasure it is to sit here with you again. Yes. It's my pleasure. <laughs> you know, we use this time to uh, let, uh, you know, our, our pastors and, and staff team uh, introduce themselves, get to know each other. You shared a little bit about your family. Uh you know, you, like as last time I mentioned that you were uh, plugged in uh, head of deacons at one point in time, mm-hmm. our deacon long chair, ago. if you will. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you have been a part of this church for a long, long time. And I uh, would love to hear like how, how God had taken you from, you know, working in from Tractor Supply to uh, ministry here uh, on staff, executive pastor uh, at New Vision. It's a great job, a, a tough job. It's a great job. It, it is a great job. You're not willing to say tough? It's a great and tough not job. Not on record? <laughs> great jobs can be tough. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, you're doing a great job. Man. Thank you. That uh, story actually goes way, way back. We've uh, This will be the 17th year we'll have been at New Vision. Uh, our first Sunday was actually the Sunday before Pastor Brady came back as senior pastor. So we've uh, had the privilege, the, the the pleasure of seeing the growth along the way. Uh, for for me, it started um, like anybody 17 years ago. I was a, a knucklehead spiritually and kind of got suckered into uh, watching babies in the preschool. Not my wheelhouse, but I did it and stepped up into that. And really, it just kind of took off from there. And that's where you really start to see the spiritual growth when you're serving other people, particularly in places that that stretch you and make you uncomfortable. So uh, from there, it's a litany of different things we've had the opportunity to do, and, and and serving really it's a it's a pleasure, it's a privilege when you get down to it. I know we ask people, and sometimes it feels like a burden, but in our experience, having the chance to serve, having the chance to be a part of what God's doing, it's been uh, life changing personally and for our family and continues to have an impact. So the chance to hear people say uh, yes to respond to the gospel, it's fantastic. To have a chance to help a family uh, grow spiritually is is just wonderful. We've met so many great people along the way, but it's a little bit cliche, but when when we serve, this has been our experience, when we serve, we've certainly been more served than it feels like what we've given. So this has been a, a great church and I just continue to marvel at the unity that God has provided here. And that unity has really allowed us to do some amazing things here in Murfreesboro, in the county, and now across the country and really around the world. So it's it's a privilege. It's humbling to be a part of what's here. And and when I had the opportunity to come on staff and, and, and work with a great team and, and be a part of this, what a, what a blessing that was. And not just because I got off I-24 traffic, but it's a chance to uh, to really bring the experience that God's gifted me with, the, the talents God's gifted me with, and, and use it for His kingdom, His glory. And so you really can't ask much more than that. Yeah, that's a beautiful. That's a beautiful thing. Now, I want to I want to point out that you sold serving as if you were a staff member, it so it's fantastic. official. I mean, you were, <laughs> you know, <laughs> well, only if people respond. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I, I'm, I'm happy to sit down with you again. You are reading through Romans ten, verses one through twenty one, giving a little bit of your thoughts. Let's do it. Let's now, do it. Now, you told me last time I went a little fast, so I'm going to try to slow it down. Hey, you know what? Your just brain is that much faster so, than mine. Um, 
Just trying to keep up. See you, sir. Way. We'll see. <laughs> well, well played. Well played. Well, as we head into chapter 10, you know, we have seen consistently over the course of this series just the emphasis that, that Paul places on the core of the gospel, this truth that we were born sinners, incapable of pleasing a holy God, that in his mercy, God devised a rescue plan for us. And that, that plan comes in the form of the birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus. It's a reminder that our profession of faith in Jesus uh, is really the only way we have to spend eternity with the Father. So as we get into chapter 10, we get a chance to, to refresh on that, but also get a chance to see how we can be a part of God's plan. And uh, we talked a little bit about the opportunity we have when God uses us, and, and this is really fleshed out in Romans 10. And we really should be humbled and excited about this. So with that, let's start chapter 10 of the book of Romans. Brothers and sisters, my heart's desire and prayer to God for the Israelites is that they may be saved. For I can testify about them that they are zealous for God, but their zeal is not based on knowledge. Since they do not know the righteousness of God and sought to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. Christ is the culmination of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Moses writes about the righteousness that is by the law. The person who does these things will live by them. But the righteousness that is by faith says, Do not say in your heart, Who will ascend into heaven? that is, to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the deep, that is, to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, it is in your mouth and in your heart. That is the message concerning faith that we proclaim. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. But I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the world, their words to the ends of the world. Again, I ask, did Israel not understand? First, Moses says, I will make you envious by those who are not a nation. I will make you angry by a nation that has no understanding. And Isaiah boldly says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I revealed myself to those who did not ask for me. But concerning Israel, he says, all day long, I have held up my hands to a disobedient and obstinate people. If you've been around church much, the chances are you've heard of something called the Romans Road. The Romans Road is a gospel-sharing approach that uses Scripture found in the book of Romans. This book is so packed full of truth and simplicity of the gospel, it's an excellent way to share with a non-believer the truth of, of the human condition and really what that means uh, to be a human being. It, it's, it's a good source of the truth of who Jesus was and what he did for us, and it's the truth of what faith and trust uh, in him mean for human beings. So go back to Romans 3.10. It's part of the Romans road. Paul writes, there is no one righteous, not even one. Now, no one, of course, means 
No one, no human being is righteous. This is the human condition. In 3.23, he says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory again. Again, all means all. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. So there's the truth of the human condition. We don't measure up. In Romans 6.23, we learn from Paul the implications of our condition, where he writes, for the wages of sin is death. But Paul's quick to follow that in the second part of verse 23 with, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So in 6.23, you get bad news, but it's followed by great news. Begs the question, what did Jesus do? Well, we heard in chapter 5, verse 8, God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So there it is. That's the sacrifice of the Son for you and me. So let's go back to chapter 10, as this is part of the Roman road where Paul tells us our role. Remember, there's absolutely no work or accomplishment that we can do that would save ourselves. There's nothing we can do to earn God's favor. All we can do is confess our need for a Savior. So verses 9 and 10, this, this is it. Uh, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Now, note that declarative, you will be saved. That's four incredible, life-changing, eternal words. It's a promise to us from the creator of the universe. It's really kind of staggering when you stop and think about it. You will be saved. Going to verse 10. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. Now, there's so much in this chapter, let alone this book, to talk about, but two things come immediately to my mind from chapter 10. The first one is this. Now, some of you listening will have been walking with the Lord for decades, and some of you have been walking with the Lord maybe for a few days or a few weeks, and some of you may not have a relationship with Jesus at all. But if you can pinpoint that moment in your life when you said yes to Jesus, then you get to claim the promise of those four words, you will be saved. Now, whether you have been walking with the Lord for decades or for days, one thing is certain. Satan will absolutely try in a variety of ways and at a variety of times to convince you to question your own salvation. He's going to call into question your circumstances, your behaviors, your relationships, all in an effort to convince you that God has abandoned you. Don't believe it. Believe verse 9. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Rest in that assurance of your salvation. Take comfort in the hope, in the knowledge of that relationship that you have with God through the gift of His Son and through the power of the Holy Spirit. These four words are really a powerful daily reminder of who it is to whom you belong. It's to the God of the universe. Don't lose sight of that. You will be saved. The second thought coming out of chapter 10 is the role we get to take in God's work. Now remember, God does not need us. It would be absurd for us to think that he was dependent on us in any way, and he's not. However, he is good enough to use us, to let us be a part of his kingdom work. Now listen to verses 14 and 15. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news. And you can see how those questions pile up, how Paul is making the logical case uh, that fulfills the Great Commission. In Matthew 28, Jesus tells us to go and make disciples of all the nations. Now, that's clearly a command. Go is an imperative. We're to go and tell the nations. And certainly, as Christ followers, we need to follow the commands of Christ. 
Coming back into Romans 10, 14, Paul comes along and reinforces the importance of the go command. It's really important because God has chosen to use his people to communicate the gospel. He's not dependent on his people. God is sovereign, but he chooses to use us because he knows that it benefits us. So as a result, the question is, how can someone be exposed to the gospel if no one tells them? It's a great question that has sent hundreds and thousands all across the world looking to serve the Lord. But it also shapes the Great Commission as not just an obligation that we have to go do. It's an opportunity. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring the good news, Paul writes. Another translation may use the word lively for beautiful. How exciting, lively, beautiful to live out what God has called us to do and to have the opportunity to be a part of someone's testimony. Too often, in reality, the thought of sharing the gospel can intimidate us. We can be cowered by that. But if we cave into that type of thinking, not only do we miss the chance to change somebody's eternity by sharing the truth of the gospel, we miss the opportunity in our own lives to feel the purpose and liveliness that can be a part of living a Christ-centered life. Indeed, God has gifted us to be a part of his work on earth. And when we have a right view of God, we realize that this is a blessing, not a burden. So we need to look for those opportunities to walk people down the Romans road. It not only helps them, it not only advances the kingdom, but it's a way of enjoying that which God has given to us. Greg, you started out encouraging people to serve. Now you're encouraging people to share their faith. It's like you're trying to teach the Bible or something. Let's go be the church. Hey, Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your efforts, uh, your wisdom, and what you do on a daily basis here at New Vision. It is a lot, and you're making a difference. Thank you. Yeah. God bless you, my friend. And those listening, thank you for uh, joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we uh, continue on this Romans reading plan.